This episode of GKNF is brought to you by The Happiness Compass. The Happiness Compass is an organization that aims to provide everyone with the tools to be happier and more fulfilled by creating programs and initiatives that teach people skills around emotional intelligence, positive psychology, mindfulness, resilience, and physical well-being. Check out the many programs, social initiatives, products available, and upcoming events online at thehappinesscompass.life. Sent to Earth from the darkest depths of space to fight crimes and talk about the subjects not many men dare to go. With faces only a blind mother could love, arms like a silverback gorilla, and more hair on their chest than something really, really hairy. Like really hairy. Prepare to be astounded and bedazzled by the wondrous voices of your two hosts, GKNF. Stand by for live broadcast. Good afternoon, Interweb. Welcome to GKNF, the podcast, episode 27. What the fuck is F3? <laughs> Socials out of the way again. At GKNF on Twitter. Facebook F, what's a Facebook? Working title, Facebook. Working title, likes on iTunes, subscribe. And today we have criminal defence lawyer from Ruth Chalmers Lawyers, bachelorette aficionado, (laughs) (laughs) and one of the most entertaining persons I've ever seen on social media, Ruth Chalmers. Dude, thank you for making time. Thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment or you just don't have many followers on your Facebook (laughs) <laughs> Don't tell him, man. I, I think you're the only one that hasn't blocked me yet. Oh, so I've right. only seen okay, your is stuff. Is that what it is? Yeah. So just going to suck up now so I don't leave don't, like don't the one me. person I've got. It's, it's my it's my link to the outside world. And also, oh, funnily wow. enough, our, our first female on the show. So welcome, Ruth. Oh We're wow, here. representing the the can I say vagina? Yeah, yeah. you can say representing you vaginas all over Australia. All over Australia. Yeah, that's right. For those of you who thought this was a sexist show, <laughs> you're right. But we, <laughs> but we do have a female on now. Oh, that's fantastic. Ruth, that's how are you? Doing, yeah, well, I am. I am great, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, feeling a lot of pressure now to to represent the females in a in a nice, positive light. Um, You've already done it. You, oh, thank you. I was going to say, I think I'm crashing and burning already. So, <laughs> so, dude, we wanted to get you on because, as Jordy said, I mean, we met. We we're just talking about it before, like maybe ten years ago, we met at a. Uh, um, a holiday trip away up the coast. A nice wholesome holiday. With yes. a mash of different... Uh, Great different, ingredients. Different, oh, the ingredients and sure. personalities. And since then, it's been... Since then, enter- we have never spoken. <laughs> it's, been, it's been entertaining, <laughs> but you've been on the radar. That's right, you know. Um, yeah, no, that was a great trip away. What, what, what we did some, what, freestyle rapping? We did some freestyle rapping. Some we, songs we, near oh. a non-existent bonfire because it rained all, all week. <laughs> we, we did a lot, lot of drinking and a lot of mind-altering stuff. It was a great, uh, it was a great week, week mm-hmm. up there at oh. Avoca. It was cool. And a New Year's Eve party New as well. Yeah. So in 10 years, Ruth... What have you been doing in three words? Uh, absolutely nothing yet. Um, no, I've just been waiting for you guys to yes. come around, really, and trying to actually build a life that was worth interviewing, really. Uh, I hope they Everything was just geared towards this one defining moment, <laughs> I think. Is, I just is... hope I'm successful enough for people to continue listening. <laughs> That's all you did in 10 years? Like, really? Come on, step it up. So you've, you've done, a, well, we said well, now you own Ruth Chalmers Lawyers. Yeah. So you're the director an associate, you're a everything, principal. all in principal. Right, you're you all know. those good things that you Coffee see on boy, suits. Coffee uh, boy, you know, paralegal, everything, accountant. But you have, you've had a pretty, uh, to go from defence attorney, you've had a pretty crazy run through every part of law. 
it looks like that side. You've been from both sides. Oh, definitely, sides and- definitely. Done some prosecution work. Uh, done, you know, a, a decade of defence work, and uh, met some incredibly fascinating, interesting, and hilarious people. Um, and yeah, I think you know, done a variety of work from the local court all the way up to you know Supreme Court. So you're dealing with anything from the traffic matter to the possessed prohibited drug, all the way through to uh, you know gang rape, murders, um, breaking inners. The whole gamut. Wow. Okay. So, so to get to where you are now, Ruth, you've had a pretty uh, colourful career. You've you've done a few things. You know, you talk about defence attorney. Do, I'm going to keep asking you throughout this podcast to make sure I'm saying the words correctly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where I just go, no, it's not an attorney. We're not in America. Yeah, I've been an attorney, and it's like so good. Like, <laughs> okay. So yeah. attorney. So there's our first lesson. So, Attorneys yeah, in there America. We go. Let me school you boys. All right. In the <laughs> ten years, me, we need to start this training off. Yeah. Every no. time you say something that we learn we'll do the sting off law and order <laughs> oh you know how much i have wanted that to happen just like any open any door that i open just to get that dun dun, like you know it's like really like a coffee now dun, dun, like. we, could do, we could do some post effort post edits like right now it's gonna make that sound dun, dun. Yeah. can you do that can absolutely you? oh this would be Wait, when i say weekend fuck i could do everything yeah oh great that's great and so, if I could just carry that on a recorder as well and I could just, just play it at any given moment, like just, just to make some you know, asinine announcement and then have that on, like, and then we just cut to the next scene like it never happened, that'd be great. So how, what's, tell us a bit about your journey um, and to demystify for people who have no idea about the circles that you travel in. How like. did you get into law? Is that what we're starting with? Mm-hmm. How did you get into Oh, jeez. Well, actually, funnily enough, um, when I was in high school, I actually had a maths tutor who, um, actually, that's not surprising because I was not a genius when I started. Um, <laughs> and he actually, when I uh, was leading up to the HSC, said, you know, uh, what, what do you see yourself doing after you finish high school? And I was, at that point, I was really doing well at maths obviously because I was getting the support from a maths tutor and I thought I'd get into like accounting or like actuary studies and and he was like you know I really see you as a defense lawyer in a law firm Mm -hmm. and I remember at the time just thinking no I don't really see that happening and then here we are that's exactly what I ended up doing Mm -hmm. like I I, I think originally originally wanted to be a serial killer profiler (laughs) um actually funnily enough that Mindhunter show that's on Netflix right now yeah I started watching that oh it is mate it is amazing I started it the other day at the worst time though you know on Sunday when you're probably too tired to start something new Mm. I I waned the credits and then I fell asleep and woke up and Jess goes what did you think I went I don't know (laughs) I think my mind was hunted (laughs) yeah that's right it was so great um, yeah, but that's based on a book that was written about 20 years ago by mm-hmm. a guy called John Douglas, who was a serial killer profiler. And um, that was my, that's my favorite book of all time. So I read that when I was 14. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I know, little disturbing. <laughs> uh, maybe you want to interview well, my other, parents after this. Other kids are reading parents and Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> Just reading about like the Backstreet Boys. And I'm like, so, you know, like there's a disorganized offender and an organized offender and modus operandi. And, you know, teachers are just like, hmm, strange kid. Keep an eye on her. Um, and a hobbit. Yeah, it's a exactly. It's a stage. <laughs> and um, went to the careers advisor and was like, look, I really, I really want to do this for a living. And she was like, yeah. There's really not enough serial killers in Australia for that to be a career. 
And, you know, I mean, that was really quite heartbreaking and comforting at the same time um, <laughs> to everyone else around me. Of not getting killed. Oh, that's, exactly. I'm just like, you just wait till the bodies in the barrels come out, you know, like that, that'll generate some yeah. work. Assemble just made, a few, calls, just made a few like, calls to Adelaide. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. It's like, like the firebugs, you know, they say everyone lighting fires actually working for the, like, the oh, retain the, the and stuff because they want to put out fires. So all the criminal psyche friggin', they're all doing the serial killing. So yeah, they're just people like, what? People, people, people need this. We need this. We're just trying to keep now. her employed, you know, like like you're like working for glass panels and like business is bad, so you run around with like smashing, a bunch of rocks, smashing windows. windows. <laughs> <laughs> business is booming, like, and my criminal record is also expanding. Like that's great, but yeah. So I, it, she said, if you want to do that, you got to go to America and, and join the FBI. And I was like, what? Five years to be to be able to be eligible for that? I was like, no, I'm way too impulsive for that. So I ended up getting into law, and then. Um, I denied my passion for criminal law, actually, for some time. Um, they really drill it into you, actually, in, in, in university to go work at these big law firms and do all these summer clerkships and stuff. There's a lot of it to do with, like, funding. Like, there's no, not much fine, like, um, the, the financial stuff. There's more in, I guess, commercial law and yeah, so that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think, like, I think it's a much more lucrative career working. Mm-hmm. I mean, they actually say criminal law is the lowest... Um, paid profession out of all the lawyers because essentially these days you you specify like yeah. you specialize um, you know you do get the general practices but the reality is if you are charged with a crime you want to see someone a specialist a drug case, <laughs> oh, but you just you just want to see though. someone who's who is, is specializes in in criminal law because mm-hmm. there's so much legislation so much case law mm-hmm. um, about you know you know they might be able to pick up on by reading a few things about sentencing and stuff, but things like, you know, continuity evidence and um, even just knowing the procedure in criminal law about how long it takes for a brief to be served and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these, I guess what you would call, <laughs> I roll my eyes at this, like technicalities, mm-hmm. but, you know, like making sure that each element is met. I mean, that kind of, you know, makes a difference. And I think the other difference is if you've got somebody specialising in criminal law and that's their jam, you know, that person is appearing in court every day and the relationships you have with prosecutors, they do make a difference. You know, mm-hmm. it's your criminal law. Yeah, you're a lawyer, but it's your reputation. Mm-hmm. Your reputation is everything. Even okay. when you're standing before a magistrate or a judge and they know you're an ethical person, they've seen you there multiple times, you you are prepared, you're on top of things. And that's, mm-hmm. that's your reputation, how prepared you are. You're not walking in. How prepared in just- you are, yeah. And, and just, you know, that you're not running asinine arguments yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and you're not being divisive and you know what you're talking about there's nothing mm. worse than when someone picks up a piece of paper and is reading for a sentencing submission yeah. you know he, he first graduated kindergarten yeah. and such yeah, and so and yeah. we're just like this is irrelevant. not relevant this yeah. is so irrelevant and then they're like what are you asking for like what result are you asking for and they just keep reading from the paper it's like okay yeah. anyway in grade one and you're yeah. just like oh please come on like you know were you yeah. a great public speaker at school then because i imagine that's a um huge just like I've always been inter- it, like interested in I've always been entertained entertained <laughs> by myself yeah. <laughs> always entertained myself and I thought yes um yeah, like, you know, I did debating when I was in, even in primary mm-hmm. school. I did, you know, was wanting to do all the uh, productions that they had for, like, drama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even did, you know, was in a band during university. So you're a performer. Um, yeah. It's like that element of performing that you're transferring into your everyday I work. I think so. And I think even in the last year of um, of law, when I was doing criminal law, um, well, not criminal law at that stage, but you were going through all the practical legal training, um, you know, they had sort of these mock trials and... 
you know, you're just you're cross examining for like the first time, and you know, you know, some people were coming out going, you know, you really need to get into criminal law because a lot of it's advocacy. Mm-hmm. So when you go into corporate law, you're basically buried with a bunch yep. of files. Now mm-hmm. I want to speak on behalf of you know people who obviously do that for a living and whatnot. But you know, my experience when I did a, a small. Uh, you know, bit of work experience there, even in family law and stuff. A lot of it's it's different kinds of skills. You know, drafting and um, reading over like uh, technical language in working out. You know, if things are going to work with a contract that's being written up or whatever, mm-hmm. and and negotiating or whatnot, whatnot. But when you're doing criminal law, you're essentially trying to convince or persuade someone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that either your case is is more the believable thing that happened, if it's like a hearing or a trial. Um, and when I say more believable, obviously, there's the requirements of, you yeah. know, beyond a reasonable doubt or for yeah. other things on the balance of probabilities. But, you know, you need to you need to make sure that your audience is listening. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing an advocate essentially reading off a piece so of paper. When you say advocate, advocate, what does that mean? So an advocate is, is a person who's, who's talking. So when, yeah. you, when, you, when you've got a solicitor instructing a barrister in a trial, the solicitor carries it all the way through the local court and then when it actually comes to speaking to the jury, it'll be the barrister. But in uh. local court, um, you know, I run my own hearing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, and it's determined by a magistrate. It's not determined by a jury. So I'll be cross-examining police officers. Yes. Ah, and, okay. you know, you have those hearings where there's 20 police officers, you know, alleging that your client's a thug and you're trying to convince a magistrate that this person standing behind you with a rat's tail mm-hmm. and, you know, white Dunlops <laughs> with a suit, you know, that's the dead giveaway when they got those white mm-hmm. sneakers with this really classy suit, you know, that this person, you know, needs to be believed and, and that the police officers are actually, you know, have no credibility and have assaulted my client. I mean, that's not an easy feat mm-hmm. when you've got people who are trained to give evidence for a living yes, yeah. and, and someone who's not trained, who's probably, you know, had drug and alcohol addictions and whatnot, that they're actually telling the truth about this, that they yeah. were assaulted and they were defending themselves, and it happens. Is mm-hmm. there a mutual you know? respect between prosecutors and defense lawyers, or do they hate each uh, you other? You know what? I think, absolutely- I, I think that really, I think you're onto something with that. Like, it really, that comes down again to reputation. Yeah, okay, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's really important um, to foster those relationships, mm. you know, because people people sort of have this, you know, opinion of all like, you know, your client will want to see that you don't like the prosecutor, that you're fighting for them. Yeah. And I'm like, look, that's actually... I, I think that the incorrect way and it's counterproductive because if you've got someone that respects you as a lawyer you're ethical you don't say one thing outside the courtroom and then completely sideline yeah. them inside I mean I'm ah, not saying okay. you can't take a witness by surprise but when you're talking about your opponent you know where where you're saying are you going to be leading that evidence no I'm, I'm not or um, you know I'm actually not going to press this issue and you're sorting out you know what the key elements are in a case or whatnot. that that respect goes a long way mm-hmm. and you don't want to win the battle and lose the war and by that I mean you don't want to win your case at the cost that that prosecutor is like mm-hmm. that guy is so dodgy or that woman yeah. you know is a snake she said all this stuff and then she went in there and then when you really need to be able to I guess count on them for you know a really important issue they don't yeah. take what mm-hmm. you're saying seriously and they don't and they won't value your word when you say oh. that so I, I think that is really important what's one of know? the most unethical tactics that um, a solicitor could bring into a, a courtroom <laughs> Oh, um, you know, something that can really tarnish um, oh, look, their I think, reputation. Like, we're all governed by, you know, the Legal Profession Act and, and, um, and I take that really seriously because, you know, um, the most important thing in my life, um, you know, to a large degree, as, as a sad, <laughs> sad testament as it is sure. to my social life, is my job. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love my job. I, I definitely get a lot out of, um, I guess, who I am as a person in, in, in the work that I do and the pride that I take in that. And I think, um, you know, to me part of protecting that 
is actually operating within the bounds of the law and respecting mm-hmm. those um, aspects of ethics. <coughs> and, you know, I did half the bar exams and got to civil and went, yeah, I don't think I really want to do this. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you do the ethics course, you realise, like, you, you can get struck off. You can lose your job yep. by doing things that you think, oh, it's a little bit around the edges or whatnot. So I think, you know, things like misleading the court, Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something you want to mess around with. Yeah. You know, you don't want to say to one magistrate, oh, you know, no, that wasn't canvassed or, you know, or um, a decision has been made on something and you mislead the next magistrate in that stuff. But, you know, magistrates walk out of the courtroom and, they, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they, they talk about who's appeared before them. Is there, and, you know, uh, that that carries. Is there, like, contingencies in place? Like, if, you, if you're a lawyer you're early in career... Do you always have like a mentor or someone to check in or someone to kind of guide you through and say, listen, what you're planning here, there could be these uh, repercussions or... Um, I think, I think uh, you know, I um, had a bit of an experience, you know, at the beginning of my career where I, I very much felt, um, you know, it's your first year in criminal law is just traumatic (laughs) I mean unlike any other area of law you know you don't have a supervisor like an an associate or a partner that's looking over your work that you're helping drafting something and then they're proofreading and whatnot you walk into that courtroom you don't have your boss next to you going "All right, now say this you know like trainee prosecutors will have another prosecutor there in the courtroom or whatnot but you're walking in there your boss isn't even in the same courthouse Yeah. and you know I still remember the first one that I had which was like a section 32 application which is basically you know a diversion um, a diversionary option in saying don't deal with it according to law but un- pursue it to the Mental Health Act. Yep. Um, this person should be on a treatment plan. Um, and, you know, my, my client was just shaking in their boots, was crying, like, during the middle of the court because the magistrate was, you know, sort of that tough love, you know, the mm-hmm. Simon Cowell-type attitude. Where they're just all like, what you did was horrible. And I'm like, she stole two lamb chops from Woolworths. Like, I'm yeah. like, you know, you know. Was that the Yeah, that, that was, was the, the actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I and I ended up getting up on, on the application and the client was, like, hugging me outside. and You know, but, I mean, you know, to that degree, I remember being absolutely petrified. Wow. On the way to court, I was actually. <laughs> it's a funny story. I love Eminem, and I was listening to Eminem songs on the way on the way to court. I was like, "You listen to this till I collapse." Dang. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you know, lose yourself in the music. The world, you know, just like, yeah, you know, mom's spaghetti. You know, like, <laughs> just walking in there like, oh, my you palms are sweaty. Like, you know, like your knees weak. Arms, like, just like two lamb chops. Yeah, yeah, the other, yeah. There's vomit on my sweater for my two lamb chops. Like, but um, you know, just to really get into that mindset of of sort of you. You're going in the ring type of thing, you yeah. know, and it's it's you versus, mm-hmm. you know, like it's me versus the magistrate. That sounds horrible. But, but there's an outcome, you know, you know. But there is and there's winning and there's losing and, you know. I, and it's I, high stakes as well. It is high stakes. Yes, and it's people's lives. Yeah. yeah you know? And, I, you know, and I've had um, colleagues that have told me on their first year when they were like out in the country and, you know, it's even more sort of desolate out there as far as, um, you know, you're dealing with really serious matters and most people when they're doing like a country stint, you know, not everyone stays. They go in there, you know, sort of. Um, you know, build it up so they've got some experience. They come back into the city and then you know look at other options or whatnot. So that they might be dealing on their first their first appearance in court with someone who's like going in, Jeez, you know. Man. And you're just like, if I screw this up, this person's walking He's downstairs. And and you know, and that you can rationalise that and go, yeah, well, they did it, they deserve to. But it might be the case that you really stuffed up job. if you're doing a really yeah. shitty job and you're not, you know, you're not doing the right thing or you didn't know how to argue a certain aspect of the law and the revocation of a suspended sentence and. Mm-hmm. And you you miss a point that that could have, or a diversionary program that's a you know, non custodial yeah. option. So, I mean, and I think I think the worst, 
I think the worst, um, you talk about like, you know, what is the greater loss? I think, you know, clients that are in custody when they then get sentenced and they get, they get sentenced to like more time um, and it's like backdated or whatever, you know, I think to some degree um, the mental uh, preparation of like I'm doing more time when they're already there, mm-hmm. um, you know, no one's happy with that. Mm. But when you've got a client that's at liberty, that's been on and bail, then they, and yeah. then they go in and what you, you know, you're listening to the beginning of the judgment, next minute you see the two correctives officers enter the courtroom oh, you and know, you just you know, know it's that death knell yeah. of like, oh, oh God, God, they're going there, you know. Going. I even had a client once who was... Um, you know, had a had a lot of mental health issues, and um, and it was a very very serious offence. Um, and you know, it was it was it was sort of like it wasn't borderline. It was like, look, you know, they've got like a ninety nine percent chance of going in, and, and we had a fantastic judge, and he still had to go in. And um, you know, I'd been contacted like the day before saying, you know, uh, you know, I'm, if I have, if I end up going to jail, I'm going to kill myself, and I'm like. You know, you can't put that this shit is, uh, I'm just like, this is uh, kind of uh, not helping me yeah, in the, that, the mental preparation for like, yeah. just focus on the case. I'm like, I've got someone, to, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I've got a duty to now actually call uh, someone if you're actually making a legitimate threat about it. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine, actually. No, 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 don't worry about it. Like, you know. Holy shit. So that must take its toll on you. Ruth. It does. It does. Like, you know, and when I went down to see them in the cells, actually, after they got taken downstairs, because, you know, I always do that, you know, you come do, down you, and, and yeah. oh, yeah, I think it's incredibly important to not just abandon some client you know like yeah, well it's got done you know cashed i'm going oh yeah like i you know i'm highly appreciative of that you know that you know quite a lot of clients that you know walk through my door um this is their first experience with mm-hmm. the law mm-hmm. you know it's terrifying is that, is yeah. that, is that a higher percentage first experiences um, like you- look i think it, i think it depends on where you work i mean you know if you're working um you know in in certain government organizations like you know certainly you look at like the aboriginal population like the the amount of people incarcerated for the percentage that they take up in the australian population they're completely overrepresented mm-hmm. in the in the prison system and you know for, for stuff that they shouldn't be in there for you know, for the amount of searches, you know, like I, I had kids that were getting searched every day. I mean, how often have you walked down the yeah, street and been yeah, searched? Exactly. You, you yeah, take yeah. that for granted. Laws of probability, you know? if we started searching everyone yeah. based on their, you know, ethnic background, I'm sure that could well, skew this. Oh, of course. This you know, and that's kind of the cases that you run where you're just like saying there was no legal um Grounds in which you actually had reasonable suspicion to search that person, mm-hmm. and you're running a legal argument. And he's mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so that can be a legal argument, even if they're found with something. Of course, if, well, you can't just you walk just down the street and say, you "Pull him? your pockets yeah, out." Yeah, like, okay. I yeah. mean, you can if you're a thug and you're just, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> this is back. my turf, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, I'm appreciative of that. And, w- and when I went down to to actually see them in the cells, that they no one told me that they'd taken their shirt off because they'd actually, you know, had a bunch of pills in their pocket and were you know preparing to actually do something about it and they'd actually started cutting their arm i just walk in and there's this shirtless person in front of me that's bleeding and i was just like okay does someone want to give me a heads up about this before i sort of go in you know so you do you do take that stuff um home with you to to a degree you know that's taxing obviously that's yeah i think that must be the i guess there's the best part of the job if you love your job and the worst part obviously is how taxing and you you I think that's when it becomes taxing, though, is when you do love your job. But you, can, you, know? you surely, 
you, there's probably certain people that can go, oh, I've done my job, switch off, now I'm Ruth at home and Ruth at work. If you, you must take a percentage of that shit oh, look, with I, you no matter what. I think, um, I think cert- with certain professions, you know, I mean, especially, and I think police and, um, mm-hmm. you know, people are working in, like, you know, in investigations, you know, like the FBI and that, you know, I've read all those books that, they, you know, they say a similar thing, there's residue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is residue. Because, you know, who are you dealing with the majority of your day in general, you know, like the average person might be dealing with some salespeople or people mm-hmm. that are working in marketing or, you know, laborers or whatever that, you know, there might be a certain sort of um, kind of person that's working in the industry. Look, you're dealing with people who are at the, you know, worst point of their lives mm-hmm. um, that are very dependent on you to firstly give a damn, um, that you're competent and that to a large degree you can be the pivotal pivotal person that makes mm-hmm. or breaks whether or not they stay you know stay at liberty or, or go to jail you know if you're not if you're not on the ball if you're not fully prepared if you're not ready for what the prosecution are putting on and you haven't prepped your client properly um you know so there is that you don't even realize how much stress mm. you're under yeah, yeah. do you think yeah. even like you 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 brought up to try and see the best in people but in your role you must see that people are such capacity for good but for you know crime and doing some pretty heinous um, things like do you, do you take that when you kind of meet new people? Does, does oh, I just immediately assume everyone's a serial killer until proven otherwise. <laughs> yeah. you know? But, but I, safe, I, I just, yeah, 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 I just like show me, clear out your pockets. <laughs> go, through, go through this he metal. Must de- be a serial killer. Yeah, that's right. I open my door, it goes dun dun, and then I say, "Come it's through this the metal people. detector." <laughs> I just, you know. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, do you have a radar for people? You know oh, what I mean? Because yeah, you've come I, in contact so. with the gamut of... Yeah, I don't believe anything anyone says. I mean, are you guys actually you got a podcast? L- I, I just, I'm actually you know, not here, dude. You've got, he- you've got headphones and, 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 you know, and microphones. But apart from that, I think at the end of this, I'm probably going to get bound and gagged. And, and, 100% because you know, we're both very oh, unassuming. And I've, I think I've that's what every serial killer is. It was very button. unassuming. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. If this guy walked past me, he's very assuming. He can't be a killer. That's right. Yeah, no, I've got an emergency tag around my neck at all times. I'm actually hitting it right at this point in time. In 20 minutes, there'll be a knock at the door and you guys will be asked to leave. You, know? you were talking before, you said uh, that you worked at in the Aboriginal thing and uh, the Aboriginal, what was uh, welfare, and, but you did a lot of, was it children's oh, court? Oh, the Aboriginal children, Legal Service, yeah, yeah, and I worked you did in children's, children's court. There yeah. must be some, like, some good kids with some real... Just funny sort of outlooks on oh, stuff. You look. must run into some like some cracker stories. Whether oh, it's, hell yeah. they're just bullshitting for the sake of bullshitting, oh, or just oh, yes. or just because they're just kids. Oh, just, definitely. You know, like, look, <laughs> I, look, it's funny. Funny. Um, when I started there, there was this massive turnover in the particular kids' court that I ended up um working at. Where you know, and these are, I'm talking about other solicitors. I love criminal law, love you know advocacy and everything, but it is a circus at the kids court like it's just because it's not like you know usually in adult court you've got the client maybe they're they're there with their partner or you know um, they might bring their child along if they've got like a young child or whatever but you're usually just dealing with that one person at kids court and especially the Aboriginal Legal Service where, where they're the sense of family. I mean, that's something that I, I think is absolutely admirable about the Aboriginal community. It's like it's not that nuclear family where you just got the parents and the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like then you've got the aunt and, and the, the uncle and the grandmother yeah. Yeah. and the cousins and everything yeah. else. And, you know, people are getting bailed to, like, their second cousin's address. And I'm like... God, if yeah. I'd done something wrong, I think my cousins would be like, I don't know this woman. Is she even related? Like, you know, what family tree? We hacked that thing down and dug those roots up long ago. Like, this is a different... The family stick, that's all it is. You know? that's right. Exactly, yeah, exactly. We share the same surname. But I, other than that, you know, it's just a phone book relation. Um, you know, the, the kids, they, they just... 
dealing with not just one person for each matter that you've got. And it would, I mean, when you're doing a duty list, um, you know, you can have 50 to 30 clients for one, like one solicitor. One, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'd spend all, all of Sunday preparing and then you come in and, you know, and then you've, you come in and, and that's, and then on top of that, you've got like five fresh custodies, like kids that have been arrested overnight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I guess you've got to be able to be pulled in 20 different directions and have 10 different people talking to you at the same time. And, yep. you know, a lot of people were just like, this is just a level of just chaos that I don't want to have to deal with. Whereas I loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, look, I've got seven voices in my head. So 10 on the outside. <laughs> really, it's just someone it's to chat to, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. You could just, but I loved it. I mean, the day went so quickly, but the kids. Like I really loved, like most people, you know, where they're like, I just, I'm dreading when my child becomes an adolescent and they're all like, no, but why? I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> I love that attitude. Like I just love that. Resonates with you? Yeah, it just Would you totally, have that a little bit grown up? I th- well, look, I'm a massive smart ass, you know. And, <laughs> oh, no and, shit. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> look, I must confess, guys, you know, like I've been known to be a bit witty. Um, but, you know, like that's probably what saved me in high school was the ability to sort of, you know... I you didn't get bullied, you know, well, I did it at the beginning, but like, you know, learnt to fight back with words and sort of get, a, get one over. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're great skills to have when you're cross-examining to sort of yeah. have, to be able to direct, you know, the conversation and, yeah, actually, I'm glad you're not interviewing my ex-boyfriends. Um, just, <laughs> <laughs> on the such and such date, you were like, let me pull out the transcript of Refidex in my head. They're like, stop cross-examining me. I'm just asking how your weekend was. Like, you know, like, how many questions do I get before you feel attacked? Like, you know, like, um, but, you know, I just, I felt like I really liked that resilience. To mm-hmm. me, I, I saw that as resilience because you're not dealing with the average kid who, you know, may have had really great role models who has, you know, made a, a conscious decision to to just be an absolute asshole. Sometimes you're dealing with kids that, you know, were raised in a household full of violence, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, and especially, um, you know, working in, in those government organisations where there's, you know, a high um, proportion of um, over-representation in the prison systems. You know, they're watching their mothers and fathers getting arrested by police, yeah. you know, and... and, and and it's not necessarily um, they're growing up with this attitude of, well, the police are here to serve, protect and look after me. Mm-hmm. Rather, the police are taking away family members and locking yeah. them up for long periods of time. And I'm getting searched every day and there's this animosity towards, you know, what the average, you know, white, you know, male, female, whatever, yeah. is is not having that experience. So it's a different sort of mm-hmm. dichotomy when it, when it comes mm-hmm. to that. And... And the you know, values and, that are instilled to, to like yeah. authority as well, like you know, having only like one parent and and lack of supervision. Um, they're surrounded by peers that are into drug and alcohol, and that's the sense of community and protection mm-hmm. that they have. Not necessarily in the family unit. That's one of fear, and it's not one of safety. And there might be a bong on mm-hmm. the table, or they're seeing their parents yeah. smoking drugs, you know, at an early age, or one of their parents is an addict. And what or a vicious cycle and, to and try whatnot. and break. As and well. it is. And I, I just, you know, I think. Um, there needs to be sort of a level of compassion and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed their company mm-hmm. and you know sometimes they were just like oh we're so glad you're working today miss like you know we always just feel so much more comfortable when you're here because you know I did take an interest in their lives and I, would you yeah. joke with them and oh, look, you know, them well? yeah yeah I think there was uh, we had great banter and, and also you know sometimes I'd I'd <laughs> I'd actually rip into them and I'm like, what the hell are you thinking when you're blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and I still remember like one of the ju- juvenile justice officers who said, you know, I was talking to a magistrate and they were just all like, you know, by the time that kid gets to you, he's already had the riot act read to, <laughs> read to them when they're just like, what, you know, like, you know, some sometimes I'd keep getting, you know, a kid bail and um, and I'd just be like going, 
God, it gets to the point where you're just like, I can't believe that he keeps getting bailed. Like, even I'm surprised. Yeah, like, can you, can you yeah. not so the paperwork stops? Like, yeah. do you know how much Are stuff you running I'm, seminars? This yeah, is great. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I also saw that, you know, with that kind of time and energy um, sort of dedicated and, and really trying to build up their confidence and saying, you know, maybe instead of, like, stealing cars, you, mm-hmm. you could look into Spend being some- a mechanic, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, instead of these breaking enters, you know, it's mm-hmm. just... You really light on your feet. Have you thought about? Have you thought about sprinting? <laughs> thought about getting into little athletics, maybe. You know? But what yeah, a great you, experience for them to come in contact with you and you know and talk with you and, and have those suggestions from someone. Yeah, oh, well, it's great until they actually start committing crime just to see you again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like really, I mean, it looks like you wanted to get caught. You really looked in that CCTV camera. Your mouth, my name. I mean, you gave your address. Actually, I had a kid. Well, not a kid. It was it was an adult who had his birth date tattooed on his calf, and I was, was like, I was like, you mm, idiot! Why don't you just tattoo your address on your yeah, forehead, license number, and yeah, what, you know, your license mean? number, your full name, you know, just at the uh, where your heels are. So when you're running and someone's fallen over, they could just look directly at them and be like, <laughs> yeah, we know who this guy is, you know. I just yeah. Or get someone else's birthday. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, Jeez, sure. We don't want to educate people in that regard. Like the top ten tips. This is how to get out uh, of any crime. Exactly. I think he was. I think he. He's, by his birthday, he looked like he was about sixty, but the, the guy looked like he was twenty-one. I, yeah. I, I just, you know, I just don't so you get a one fill yeah. in as a, as a seven before you get. Yeah, to. that's right. Yeah, that's the, that's the uh, the exact same as you know when you get a chased in a police car in a movie and you put your right blinker on but you turn left. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, right, I really yeah. tricked him. <laughs> Hey, um, I wanted to ask you about, um, like, uh, is there any elements of law that still have room to evolve? You know, I think we were talking a little earlier before we started recording about evidence and how mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, uh, the the case that is presented is uh, can be is is the circumstantial where it's just like a, is that abductive reason where you say well this this and this must lead to this person clearly and then if 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 it's not correct it can have these drastic ramifications on this person's life. Um, well, I mean, you know, when you're talking about circumstantial evidence, and um, you know, it, there's obviously case law in relation to what you know what a circumstantial case is, because you've obviously got to, in criminal law, uh, find guilt you know, beyond a reasonable, reasonable doubt. doubt. You know, yeah. obviously that doubt has to be reasonable. But when you've got like a circumstantial case, um, you know, you're not you're not really having someone who's completely witnessed the the, mm. the event. You're actually just building a case based on well, and you know, this happened. He and said, then, she said, kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, more like um, you know, but there might be some forensic evidence that's involved and you know um the location of what had happened and then you know when when the phones pinged at a certain tower um it Uh, places them in the area and they're saying you know no one saw you directly do it but you know all of these elements added up and they uh, you know refer to that in in case law in in the strands of the cable you know like one strand separately would not be enough yeah but it's the combination that makes that that that, that, yeah yeah. that sort of like pulls it all together in that one Mm -hmm. thing so i think um i definitely think you know when you're talking about evidence um as far as you know, uh, DNA samples or whatnot, and collection of that. I mean, I'm you know, it's. Do you it's have a any anecdotal sword. stories you could share with regards to DNA? Um, well, look, I've yeah. Well, um, look, DNA I think is really on on the rise as far as the um, capabilities it has in securing convictions, mm-hmm. and I think to a large degree. Um, it, you know, especially, I mean, I, I really love watching these forensic file shows um, and, you know, FBI documentaries mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even in watching that, you see with the American system how how much harder it was yeah. to actually not only catch a killer, 
but in actually proving that it's them when you don't have any tangible evidence. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a jury just in general is going to feel much more comfortable convicting someone when you've got something... Something tangible. Yeah. Physically, there that cannot be manipulated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by someone's poor memory or yeah. by someone being verbaled or an informant potentially saving their own ass yep. by saying, no, no, so one did mm-hmm. it. Well, you've actually got, you know, like in a rape kit, there's been a DNA sample and it's been matched. That That gives, I guess, a sense of comfort in in saying Mm -hmm. you know we're we are certain well beyond a reasonable doubt that it's that person but then you go into that territory of you know like how can this potentially work against people who you know whose sample has you know potentially been illegally obtained you know to what extent does it infringe on civil liberties so like Um, ethics of dna use like in well yeah i mean like you know i mean even now when when i go to the correctional facilities i've got to get my eyeballs scanned i don't have to pull them out of their sockets and put them on a desk or anything but you know like that's biggest james bond back to the future shit hey yeah that's right you just put in your fake contacts and you just pretend to be joe blogs yeah and lions walking into the courtroom yeah that's right um but you know i mean i guess it is about i mean it's really all about trying to find a balance you know and i think that's why they've got you know those those um sort of the issues with what police powers are mm-hmm. you know like what what is the extent to which we can allow someone to search someone with reasonable suspicion you know yeah. like you have to you can't just barge into somebody's house and be like we're just going to do a clean up um of because we think you know, you've actually got to get a warrant, you know, yes. that's got to be authorised. Yeah. And if it's not, then, you know, it, it needs to be taken to court to have an argument over whether or not that evidence can be admitted. And, you know, people are like, yeah, but they, you know, you sometimes get the attitude of um, of, of police after you, for instance, like win a hearing mm-hmm. um, because of something was thrown out. And, you know, that police officer has obviously, you know, in in working that case has gone to a lot of effort in getting statements or whatnot yeah. has um you know in the back of their mind their attitude is oh, i know he did it. It. i yeah. know i know he did it mm-hmm. i don't care if you find out that he did or not in a courtroom i know he did it and he should be punished mm-hmm. and and they're also probably looking at their criminal history going and this is what he does you know he just yeah, does yeah. a whole heap of breaking it as he did this breaking yeah. it and i know he did it but you know, when when they lose a case like that because they don't meet the elements in the in the offence that's required to the standard yeah. that's required, or they've missed an element, you know, um, altogether, they haven't proven that there was a break, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, um, the evidence that they're trying to lead about, you know, a certain piece of evidence was hearsay. They didn't get a statement from that witness, yeah. So therefore, they're trying to lead it in through their statement, and you're objecting to it, and and they're like, but that's what they said to me, like mm-hmm. you know. My attitude is go out and be a better cop. Yeah. You know, like, well, yeah. because people go, you know, and that person's like, you know, he, he should have been or she should have been convicted. Like, you're a dodgy lawyer. And I just look at it and go, if this was a murder investigation mm-hmm. and someone who got convicted is going to look at, you know, a life sentence. Mm-hmm. I want to know that you did your job properly. Absolutely. I want to know that you covered, you know, you crossed every T, you dotted every I, because it has a ramification on someone's civil liberty. Mm-hmm. You know, even being charged with something and they didn't do it, they might get bail refused and be mm-hmm. languishing in jail until their court matters on. They're, so they're tarnished for the rest of their sort of Yeah, their well, life. I mean, so you know, mud you, sticks. Yeah, exactly, mud you know? sticks. So even if it gets thrown out, eventually that headline's still going to be there of, Well, yeah, you know, that and the community, they might have to move. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be yeah. Vengeance attacks. If someone's falsely accused of rape, people might, you know, start destroying their house or graffitiing their mm-hmm. cars or writing, you know, he's a he's a rapist or you know she's a child molester or something like that. I mean, that has an effect on someone's yeah. um, 
on someone's life. It can even lead a person to suicide. Yeah. If 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 they're not coping with the mm-hmm. situation, especially if they're they're not guilty of it, and mm-hmm. you know they've lost their job or their reputation, and they don't ever recover, and there's always that lingering suspicion. So, I, I think to that degree, when you're actually talking about you know getting off on technicalities, like those safeguards are there. For, for a reason, reason. Mm-hmm. and and when people say, "Oh, you know, you you get people off for a living," you know, the majority of people end up pleading guilty to something that they're charged with. It is it is not you know the majority of cases that get run to a hearing or to a trial. Yeah. It's it's not that way, um, and it may be that a certain charge is being challenged because they're not guilty of that particular charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what's being run. Is there you an know, element? You know, you got a jury. And it's dealing with people who can be easily persuaded, and the skills of persuasion are incredible these days. Do, is there elements? You know, you talk about um, lawyers who can be unethical in the way that they can, um, you know, mislead um, ju- uh, jurors, or even like bringing in something like, uh, for example, if there was evidence but there wasn't a warrant. But is that that element could be presented to the jury and the jury are taking on all these pieces of information then the judge might say no no that's thrown out but like is there el- those kind of elements that can, well they, you they think all, can- they're all like pre-trial type um, arguments where you run like voir dire so oh, okay. before you even get into what's presented to the jury you would be you know you'd, there would actually be sort of like this sit down of like okay well this argument needs to be run on whether or not this evidence can be led in oh, a courtroom okay. so that gets that, that would get argued you is know, that part I mean, of the draft you were talking about well that's that's what happens you know prior to the trial starting like if it's like oh we're wanting to lead all these telephone intercepts um, you know or we're trying to lead all this um, this evidence that was recovered in, a, in, a, in, in the search of the offender's house but that search was conducted unlawfully there's mm-hmm. going to be an argument beforehand um, not in the presence of the jury as to whether or not that that search was legal and whether or not you know then you're looking at you know different aspects of the evidence act as to whether or not mm-hmm. it was more probative you know, more prejudicial and probative um, meaning that it's you know going to be working against someone more than it actually is substantive ah. in showing you know um, something that's relevant um, if it's actually going to color someone's um, perception of it more mm-hmm. than actually be beneficial like the prejudice that it would have on right. you yeah. is so overwhelming that it's 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 not really going to be able to be looked at impartially for for the basis of what it is or um or you know the unlawfulness of it so if it was committed and it was unlawful that it shouldn't be um allowed to be admitted because the issue is obviously you're looking at it from a framework of well if we keep letting in evidence that's been obtained unlawfully mm-hmm. Well then, what cop is going to look to actually get a warrant? The if they yeah. go, well, yeah. you know, it's if we find, now, well, yeah. if we find what we were looking for, and we we got away with the last time, we didn't need a warrant. Let's just bash this guy's door down and start looking yeah. for AK forty sevens. You know, yeah. like, oh, okay, we didn't find that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's the percentage of do you do you go off in front of a jury, or are you just the, at the magistrate at the moment, or what what level of court before you are? Oh, look, I've you've, do you have a mixture of both of what you're doing at the moment? Well, in in jury trials, you can have trial advocates, which mm-hmm. are solicitors that haven't um, formally sat the bar exam. Um, but you know, in in ninety nine percent of cases, you're actually talking about a barrister that's being briefed. So, um, and they're instructed by a solicitor. So, a solicitor, as mm-hmm. I was saying, is they're going to yeah. carry it all the way through. through they're going to get then. committed mm-hmm. to the district court. Yeah. Then a trial date's going to be set, mm-hmm. and then because you're looking at them, you know, weeks in front of a jury trial, you know, sometimes days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for one person to be able to, there's a lot of work that goes into trial work. Mm-hmm. So I'll be instructing a barrister and, you know, it goes from, 
you know, the barrister just looks at you like you're the person that's, you know, I need this subpoena issued and then I need um, you to go through the transcript and tell yeah. me we're here, here, here. Like, you know, I'm not saying the barristers get all the glory, but I mean, you know, they're the figureheads that, that, yeah, that, that are doing the, the advocacy. Work, yeah. Well, they do yeah, it, mate. The, they do dog work. Yeah. My God. They do. Like, uh, it so is- are barristers pretty much super, super solicitors? Is that pretty um, much like they, they've studied this look, exam? I, th- I think it's a different skill set. I yeah. think, um, look, I mean, some people don't love um, public speaking as much and they much rather instruct in, in trials and uh, they like yeah, doing, yeah. you know, the more the analytical strategy work. Um, they, they like, uh, I guess it sounds stupid, they love sifting through large folders of documents. Mm-hmm. Not me personally. I don't know who these people are. I'm not friends with them. <laughs> I've heard um, of them. You know, but I've heard of them. I mean, they must be out there somewhere. <laughs> My attention um, span would not allow for yeah, that exactly. at all. So I read the first three pages and then, look, I went to the pub. <laughs> then and, I, sk- I skimmed know, over it. But I, I think he didn't do it. But I think he didn't do it. He told me he didn't do it. He was having a coffee. You want to read the rest of the documents and um, tell me if, uh, you know, but, you know, you're carrying it all the way through at the beginning. You're getting the instructions. And, um, you know, if there is any room for negotiation where your client says, okay, well, I didn't do this, but, you know, I it's a strong case and I agree with your advice that, um, you know, there isn't much of a chance as far as any defences that are available and it's a tight case as far mm-hmm. as the evidence is concerned and your advice is, you know, perhaps we want to look at or at least canvas the option of pleading to a smaller charge, mm-hmm. you know, that that's going to be um, in the in the hands of a solicitor. And I, I think if you – I think the other thing is is that people don't realise that if you're a, you're a really good solicitor, it's a lot about casting. As- so it's so what I mean is, is that, you know, I've been doing this 11 years now and depending on the kind of trial – that it would mm-hmm. be whether it's going to be a trial or it's going to be a sentence. What yeah. kind of a trial? Is it going to be a sex matter trial? Is it going to be a murder trial? Is it mm-hmm. going to be a, a bikey trial? Is it going to be a drug trial? That depends on the kind of um, barrister that I think would be appropriate to brief. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, like that, that, that decision. Experience, track record, oh, that everything must come and into Not just that, but just like, you know, what's the disposition of this barrister? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, is this going to be a nasty case where we need to rip the hell out of some informant who yeah. was a lying dog, you yeah. know? Mm. You know, it's a really lying dog. You yeah. know, sound like Better Call Saul, like, Better Call Saul, you know, like, you you did it and you know it, you know? I've you seen, know, if I've you... seen one of your ads, the Ruth Chalmers ads, where you're just riding on a horse or something. Oh, right, yeah. Flag of I'm going to have to make this ad up now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ruth yeah. Chalmers lawyers will get you up anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Get you up this horse and your charges. Um, dial 1-800-YOU-CAN-DO-IT. Um, yeehaw. Yeah, just 1-800-YEEHAW. Um, you know, like, you are going to want someone who isn't backwards and coming forwards. Yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. want that person that will rip someone to shreds. And yeah. that and and that temperament, you know, who who isn't afraid mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go out and just, as Turn I like to say, just annihilate, you know, yeah. just, you know. You must have come uh, across some I impressive people. To, oh, well, look, you know, I'm a lot like that myself, where, like, I get a thrill out of when I know it's a it's a cop who has absolutely lied Do about you something. Like proven Ooh. him wrong? Is that in you? Uh, I can't, I I can't wait. I can't wait till you're standing there and go, fuck, she's got me. I am fucked. Oh, look, you know, I tell you what, um, you know, there are some weeks where you, you don't you don't get that opportunity to just let that loose. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, especially if you're in a relationship, I mm-hmm. just think that's great to be able to let it out. Just <laughs> <laughs> come home and that was your day. I was looking great. You know, yeah. like, you know, and is there a moment yeah. where you know you can let, unleash it? Like, hey, I'm just kind of a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have a glass of water and I have a cross examination. Anyone in a while? All right. All right. Where were you? Tell me what you did. I don't believe you. You said you were there at this time. I looked at the time on my phone and you called at this hour. You could not have been there. Prove the receipts. Like, you know? Hey, last, last week we had a podcast with uh, Jesse McKenzie, who's a um, poker player, and he's talking about how over the years he's developed uh, this ability to pick up on tells. Oh, yeah? And um, I wanted to ask you, because you were talking about your first year and how you know, you're nervous and you know, you've got other things mm-hmm. running through your mind, mm-hmm. but over 10 years you, you must sink into this uh, le- and, and develop this Natural intuition. Natural rhythm of resentment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take my you. Until you're holding yourself in contempt. You. Yeah, yeah. I hold myself <laughs> in contempt. <laughs> <laughs> but but you start to develop oh. that like do you like and and I was thinking about on uh, sixty minutes there, there's that what she's named cocaine someone what? cocaine Cassie cocaine I think that's on a birth certificate I think that's on a birth certificate though. Cocaine Cassie. Oh, Jesus. Does it sounds like a nickname. <laughs> oh, really? But, but, Do they weigh her in bags? Yes, like, <laughs> she's 30 she, bags yeah. heavy. I mean, <laughs> 10 pounds. Uh, just, Happy third grand birthday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But do you start to pick up on those Smaller things? Smaller like, shipment, yeah. Oh, like, oh, with her friggin' interview you're talking about in 60 Minutes. Yeah, like, she, did you watch I, that? Did you watch that interview on 60 uh, Minutes with her? Look, and we are was, entering a minefield here, gentlemen. I, <laughs> I, I, I sustained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll change no, no. the topic. I'm, I'm thinking, shit, are you representing oh, that? No, oh, God, no, Jesus. Yeah, That'd be great some free case. trips overseas in a tan. I do need one. Um, look, I think... Um, I think Look, do you pick up on certainly? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely um, not much gets past me. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I'm alone. You know, um, <laughs> it's probably my normal date me because they're like, dude, I can't even lie about the fact that I ate maccas for lunch. Like this chick's just like, I see the crumbs on your face, and right, you wouldn't look me it. in the eyes when I said, did you have healthy food for lunch? Like, why are you scratching your chin? Yeah, exactly. It's a flavor saver. Um, like, de- definitely, I think you, um, I think you definitely pick up on that. I think just you know the subtleties. I mean, you know, is is. You know, I mean, you've got like the obvious things like avoiding eye contact, what contact or whatnot. But you, you know, you've seen countless people in the witness box, and you know, you also at the same time that you're analysing their behaviour, also developing your own skills as to how do I cross-examine this mm-hmm. person? Mm-hmm. Do I need to get information out of them while they still think of me favourably? Uh-huh. You know, do I need to do I? Do, you know, is what I want? Do I want to um, to establish certain points in my case? Where they give that information willingly, yeah, and I and I want to basically come across as completely non-threatening, so they they're covering those points, mm-hmm. and then because it's like yeah. catching a bird, exactly. Just here, birdie, 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 birdie. Want something to And now you're trapped. Like, yeah. And now I will punish you for it. I don't believe in cruelty to animals. Just follow me. But you know, and then and then um, oh, this has popped out. Um, are we back in? Yeah, it's a dodgy lead. There we go. We're back running live oh, okay. live podcasting. So yeah, we'll catch on a bird. <laughs> we killed the bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, um, and then once they've you know sort of closed the gates is is the term that we use. Um, you know, in in having them commit to certain things um, that you know are the case that they did do this or they did sign that or they you know that is their handwriting or they did make that statement. And then essentially. Um, 
cross-examine them on on the issues of where they were lying or um, something that they've just blatantly fabricated, yeah. you know, or um, or invented in the have witness you, box. And you I must mean, have that, come across some good ones. Yeah, but- oh, totally. And, and you know what? That, that was something I found highly amusing in the kids' court um, was, you know, I, I only had to have it like once or twice. Like I, I had the attitude of like, look, you do not put a kid in the witness box unless your case is just irretrievably yeah. <laughs> screwed. Yeah. Like you've like we've got nothing to lose at this point. <laughs> it is so bad you are so gonna get convicted and they're just so just thrown in like you really yeah. wanna give your version of it. It's right, the Hail fine. Mary pass you know of law. Yeah, it's a Hail Mary <laughs> attempt. And just like, you know, um of just um, you know, well, we can't lose this. You can't screw it up, yeah. you know. Just, just try to dig yourself out of this one, yeah. buddy. Here's the shovel. Yeah, dig um, up. You know, dig up, stupid. Um, and they get a jackhammer and just continue drilling. And it just, I still remember once I actually asked a question of a witness. Um, this was in my early years, and, and I didn't like the answer. I just reflexively said, I object. And then, <laughs> and, um, and I, I, just, I just was like, objection, this is not favourable. I don't want this to do. And, and the magistrate just pissed herself laughing. And she was like, you asked the question, Miss Chalmers. And I just started laughing laughing and I was like damn it he's so stupid you know but um you know like uh, kids have this natural ability of just like oh I'm in trouble Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what's gonna sound good I'll just make something up and and you put that kid in the box and yeah, you prep them, and when I say prep them, I'm not saying you feeding the them the yeah. answer. <laughs> okay. But as in who you are the pre- characters you- in this story? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who are we pinning it on today? Yeah. Um, but I mean, prep them as far as you know, like this is what's going to happen when you get cross-examined. Expect so these. you know, expect expect, expect to be covered on these issues. Now, let's do a run through of what you say happened. Not because you're making it up, but because I need to confirm the chronology that you told me. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. this is what you've told me. It sounds believable, yeah. and I just want to make sure that because people up in the witness box, you're going to microphone there you've got a prosecutor cross-examining out of you. your comfort yeah. zone you're way out of your comfort yeah. zone you're potentially being charged with the whole yeah. heap of things that you're giving evidence as the accused person and you've got a magistrate eyeballing you you mm-hmm. know and it's a kid you know mm-hmm. i mean kids are just you know i didn't do it yeah. even though my hand was in the cooker jar yeah. you know like <laughs> it, it was him like, and um you know the and there's just it. exactly and um you, you put a kid in the box and i yeah some yeah. of the stuff that comes out of their mouth. Where I'm, I'm literally like looking at my notes, and I'm like, "Where did this tangent yeah, come from?" Rogue. Like, he's suddenly you were surfing at the beach. Like, yeah. you, well, you told shark. me you were in the. Yeah, you jumped the shark. Like, you just feel like holding up the paper. That's not what my script says. Right? And then you, you're worried that you look like the idiot because you're like, "Why are you getting your client to give this evidence in the witness box?" Like, when it's clearly that they're basically just admitting that they did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Or they're like, "I didn't do it." I like, I'm telling you now, I didn't do it. And then this prosecutor just puts this proposition to them that they have maintained for six months didn't happen they're like yeah maybe and that, uh, you're just standing there going uh, what like you know that's maybe, fine but maybe, maybe tell me that six months ago uh, then waiting to this crescendo of after we've spent two days in a courtroom for you to go maybe when I did hover that knife around she felt a bit intimidated like before you were like I was just gesticulating and completely unaware yeah. you know gesticulating with a knife yeah right? exactly. oh, who hasn't gesticulated with a knife I mean I seem to meet everyone who gesticulates with a knife at the time not even in a kitchen you know just, just wandering the streets the street. <laughs> just, just gets my point across oh, I've had that happen before the amount of people who happen to find knives like you know just it was just in the gutter I had a magistrate yeah, just had a magistrate once said you know in the whole time 
time I've been alive, uh, not once have I ever found a knife, <laughs> especially in a gutter. Yeah, it just hasn't happened conveniently that's when not, you're set upon. It's not mine. <laughs> exactly. That's got to be the most common. It's not mine. It's not mine. I didn't do it. I don't know who did. Well, have you got a yeah. favourite style of, this might sound, I don't know if this is even exists, a favourite style of you like to troll? Like, do you like a case sort of like, is it a sort of defending a drug case and assault? Is there like, is there more favourable things Ooh. that you find enjoyable getting oh, sort of getting right into it yeah um i mean i love i love kids kids cases because i love working with yeah. kids um mm-hmm. and but i mean the types that i definitely have i mean i wrote a, a thesis on sex offenders uh my last year of uni um and i think it's more i just appreciate um i just really like the psychology behind why do we do what we do you know that's the part that that interests me um you know, it's not like I'm like, I really just want to hang around sex <laughs> yes. offenders. Like, I just really think that work- that aspect's missing from my life. Like, it's just more that I just, um, I just wonder, like, what drives a person to do that. That was something mm. that always interested me. And they actually, we're doing, you know, continued detention orders. And that was what my um, thesis was on it, before it got brought into New South Wales. It actually started with the case of Farden in Queensland. And so I did my thesis on that and basically came to the conclusion of this legislation is going to be brought in in New South Wales. And funnily enough, we did the first case when I finally finished my law degree and ended up getting into crime. What, what um, did you do your thesis on? Wow. Yeah, was was representing the first guy to basically who finished his sentence and they want to, ex- to extend his sentence mm-hmm. without having committed another crime on the basis that he But they're just saying what he's not... Um, offender. Uh, what's, what's the word? Um, what would be the word? If he's, you're going to continue the sentence. He's just, <laughs> just continue he's detention order. So that, yeah, well, they're just saying he's a high-risk offender. Yeah. You know, and and, ba- and based on that, you know, needs to do part of the Cubit program in in Long Bay or whatnot um, on sex offender rehabilitation, um, which you know is just an, an absolutely novel um, you know invention, I suppose, in mm-hmm. in being able to continue someone's detention despite the fact that there's no further crime, just purely based on on risk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, well, what, I mean, what, you're a walking liability, Jody. I mean, what's your thoughts on that though? Well, I mean, oh, I, look, you, can, can you have? Can you differentiate between personal thoughts and uh, legal, l- like your career? Oh, totally. I don't think you can do this job properly, mm-hmm. and I don't think you're doing society uh, and your clients a service if you can't. Um, do you, you constantly know? question law and question, you know, the. You know, what, whatever, wherever the law's written, I'm sure there's a law book. <laughs> yeah. law book. I've read a few textbooks in the ten years that I've, you know, in eleven years that I've been at it. You know, <laughs> glance at it from time to time. I think this shit is illegal. Uh, just flick through. There seems this to be a lot it. on it. You know, like yeah. You, don't you? Well, don't you think? And we brought you brought it up in a previous podcast. The way laws written. That is yeah. un. Uh, it's, I think is Unpalatable. that what you're Undigestible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, un- undigestible. Undigestible to, use, the, yeah. to the to the like layman. Oh, just to the layman, dude. Even I've got to just look at this and go, really? You couldn't have put it all in one paragraph well, that's yeah. and, and made that paragraph more than one sentence. And why? You know? And why do they do that? Is that to... Oh, it's clearly to make us rich. Is, you know? is I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's, that's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. See you next so, week. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. episode seven, whenever it was, I've got the point from that one. Yeah. No, look, um, no, I mean, that's not even helpful to us mm-hmm. because I'm like, I can't bill a client for, for the amount of time it took for me to just to work understand out what you this know, shit that I'm was. just stupid and that I should have got this a lot quicker. Yeah. I did. Um, I don't know why they do it that way. Maybe politicians hate us. 
Yeah. I just, you know. Yeah, the, but there would be room for innovation. Like, and I was even saying this, having the law, click it and have someone explain it to you. Because if, if I was coming that's in. That's why you hire a lawyer. That's exactly yeah. right. Because really, you're a translator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got yeah. every day and that book. And I speak and you're fluent going, sarcasm as well. <laughs> you know, I just jack of all trades. always helpful. Oh, look, I mean, it, it's, it's highly annoying when you're having to look up, you know, a piece of legislation that then makes a reference to another piece of legislation. So you've got to open up another textbook and then you've got to look at the definition section, which then refers to another word that has mm-hmm. another definition. And you're literally, it's but it's like choose your own adventure, uh, but, but like the written, adult, this is a really horrible version yeah. and it all ends with you dying. You know that one? You know? <laughs> it's written so complexly though because they're complex issues. You know what I mean? And I you're mean, dealing you're talking, with high stakes. You're, you're and, talking, or does it, need, does it not need to be a bit that complicated? Oh, I just think it's hilarious. And they're like, we're trying to come down with a more simplified version of this legislation by introducing this new legislation. And it's more complicated <laughs> than the one that, that they just got rid of. It's this like, will be called, referred to as smedulation. And, yeah. it's- <laughs> <laughs> and it smells of legislation. Um, look, uh, I, you know, I think... I mean, really, you know, I guess when you break it down, it's it's about word choice mm-hmm. because the word, I mean, a lot of it's about definition. You know, what defines a break? You know, what defines um, penetration? What defines, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, different aspects of, of words, recklessness, you know, intention. Because um, they're kind of subjective. Harm. It's, well, that's what they're trying to do is it's like, you know, words can be open to mm-hmm. subjective interpretation. So. That's, I guess it's an over-explanation of what they're trying to get at and then, then you need the case law to interpret it. And is that so, you why know? you're going to go, I'm going to just charge this guy with a fray because that's so much easier than an actual... Oh, look, cops do all sorts of things mm. if I could understand their reasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see a bit, like, with um, your thoughts on, on police work, like, do you feel a bit, um, what's the word, I don't know, jaded? disenfranchised, jaded, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, look, I definitely know that I've got, um, that there is a, you know, a significant portion of um, of lawyers that have this sort of sceptical uh, view of police and this, you know, hatred of like, oh, you know, the way you treat it. I don't have that attitude. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And, you know, I, I think that comes down to I, I think a lot of police do get into that job because they genuinely have a desire to yeah. want to protect people. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, you know, and, and I've got family members that work in, like, the healthcare profession as nurses. And, you know, it's a similar thing. It's like the kind of things they're subjected to on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah. That's a tough People slog. just go, you know, you're a cop and I can, you know, you're arresting me for something and, you know, this person's high on drugs or drunk or, you know, just being broken up from a, a violent fight. And that, this person is a person. Mm-hmm. They've got a uniform on and they're, you know, equipped with certain powers. But at the end of the day, like, it's not like they're, you know, you get the odd bad apple. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the majority of police do want to help. I, I like to carry that attitude mm-hmm. and, until proven otherwise. I mean, that's not to say I don't have a healthy scepticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have had matters where, you know, the client tells me, you know, their version of something and I just think this is horrifying. This yeah. is horrifying. Like, you know, and this person's walking around with a gun and he's blatantly lied, blatantly. Mm-hmm. And their partner has blatantly lied. And the other two officers that were there, um, you know, one one case I had, it was a probationary officer who was on his first day. And, you know, my client had been assaulted badly um, where he'd been put in a headlock mm-hmm. and had to bite the officer's arm to be able to breathe mm-hmm. and was charged with, um, you know, a, a raft of assault police offences after he had been assaulted first and was mm-hmm. actually, uh, he was handcuffed 
um, smashed into a cement, um, uh, like sort of like a pot plant type, big, large sort of bowl area where you've got those massive trees yeah. in like, you know, yeah. like a shopping centre type thing out the front, you know, and, you know, had been body slammed then into the ground, handcuffed, had a police officer punching them in their head, mm, two cans of pepper spray emptied into their eyes um, and sat on by another officer while another officer is saying, stop resisting. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, seriously, stop yeah. resisting. This guy's got his hands behind his back, is being absolutely tortured and you're with so many officers and, you know, fortunately a clip, a clip, a very short clip had been filmed by one of his mates with an officer swearing, get the F away, you know, stop recording, I will arrest you, like, get the F out of here, like, you know, and had that clip not been recorded... I mean, I I have to say, like, you know, and I ran that case and I won it. But, you know, this that the the other kid was scared to come forward Mm. and didn't want to give evidence because he was afraid of, you know, retaliation and just giving evidence in court, being a young, young person. And, um, you know, my client had a rat, had a, oh, sorry, I can't say rat's tail, had a Jedi. (laughs) Sorry. Is that a technical term? Very important distinctions. (laughs) Um, You know, and, um, and I was just, you know, and I said to them, I said, look, you know, I'm having to walk into this courtroom and tell, you know, the magistrate that five upstanding police mm-hmm. officers absolutely beat the crap out of you. Mm. And you've got a Jedi, you know, you've got a rat's tail. You, Therefore, you look, you know, we'll and, 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 you know, and you've, and, and this kid. Go to the hairdressers. It, well, I, you know, this person, had, you know, had a record and, and I was just, you know, I was just thinking. It, they're not to know that we've got this footage at this point. And I'm just thinking, you know, how is this? A lot of it, you know, the magistrate takes in everything. They're not just listening to the evidence. They're looking at the body language. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, I'm sorry, but you can't help but take in impressions of how a person's dressed and how their yep. demeanour is and whatnot. Yep. And, you know, if you have someone there sitting in a suit giving evidence really quite compelling and whatnot, and then you have somebody else who's, you know, sounding like they've you're not got much credibility, they're not unreliable, mm-hmm. um, they may have been drinking at the time that the event kicked off. So, you know, their memory of it, as opposed to a police officer who wasn't intoxicated, who's mm-hmm. got three or four other people to support what they said, mm-hmm. you know, when in actual fact they've colluded their evidence. Um, that That's a hard obstacle to get over. And, uh, you know, and I was saying, I was like, look, to be honest, you know, that rat's tail's not really, it's just a Jedi miss. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that Jedi is really not helping me. And I, I remember at the last... I, I said to them, I said, look, it's a matter for you. It's a matter for you as to whether or not you want to keep it. I'm just saying that I'm just putting it out there that, you know, the impression that you give in this courtroom is going to matter, you know. And, and uh, you know, the hearing had been set down and they came back and that thing was still there. Mm-hmm. And and they said to me, they was like, look, this is really important. I've been growing it for seven years, you know, like seven years. Mm-hmm. You, you just want me to just cut it's this off? And I'm like, all right, it's well, look, you know what? It's, 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 it's your choice. Anyway, at the last second... All right, actually, cut it off. And I'm like, what do you mean, cut it off? And they're like, well, I can't cut it off. That would have been so satisfying. Well, you cut it off. And I'm just going, am I going to get into any trouble? Like, if I'm seen, like, giving my client a haircut, you know, like. Ruth Chalmers, lawyers and hairdressers. So, so, oh my God. Well, it gets worse. So I I cut it off. And then I was called by one of the court officers, like, you're needed in court too, like, now. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, where do I put this thing? 
Like, <laughs> what do I do with it? I'm like, I can't put it in my pocket. I have like this person's hair just sticking out. So I raced into the office and I was working in this government office, you know, like in this tiny little like room, no computer or whatever. I like reefed open the drawer and just jammed this, you know, Jedi. rat's tail Jedi. 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 Sorry, sorry, Jedi. In the bottom, I just shut the drawer and just like prayed going, I hope that no one comes into this office and pulls it open and thinks I've got some weird hair fetish or I'm building some shrine like, like she's just started collecting that person's DNA and hair follicles to take home and create a shrine. You know, so... Um, we won, and uh, and the police actually got reported by the magistrate. They were like, you know, I am shocked and appalled. And that uh, whole uh, stop resisting seems to be in every cop show I watch or anything like that. It is their ca- that's their excuse. Once they say that, they've it's like they got free resisting. Mm. stop resisting. So I got free will to do anything. All <laughs> yeah. I have to say is that. Oh, I like those ones. It was a police. What was it? It was a police authorized um, hammer strike. <laughs> It's like, what do you mean authorised? Like, what, did you call up the boss mid-strike and go, look, uh, is, Throw that, the hammer. is that okay? Like, lay down the baton. Like, yeah, we give you permission on three, two, one, go. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that was interesting. So well, what do you do, dude, outside of then this stuff? You must have, what do you, well, how do you, un, you got to have something to unwind, obviously, if you're dealing with all this stuff every day. Do you dance, Ruth? Are you dancing? Are you surfing? Oh, are you geez. still doing your music? I know you're watching The Bachelorette uh, oh, with re, with recaps, which I'm going to post the recap of uh, oh, the really? last one uh, <laughs> on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Is, you're going to call James directly and be like, listen, well, I sir. Think, I think we've got the link. I can get his phone number. So, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, there so you go. We'll, I'll put that up Jeez, there. Jeez, I probably but should have been you... more eloquent in my interview. Now. He's going to listen to this and go, what? Oh, weird hour? Is that with all these weird people? like serial killers like I want to survive I just want to live well, it, might, it might be the incentive for him to do that oh, I've really? got yeah. a date otherwise who knows yeah. what will happen hey look an AVO is some form of con- he's got to see me in the courtroom to get one right yeah, so yeah. might get a selfie something. before we go our separate ways um, what do I do jeez um, well, you still I singing yeah 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 actually I got back into it uh, we didn't sing for quite we I sang my guitarist guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do that for a while, actually. Um, and I did some acting over the years. Uh, just did acting classes and never mm-hmm. got an agent or anything. Because um, I think you need that balance, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and then I took up surfing, which, you know, is awesome. It's just... A long way from here. Oh, I just waves. something about the water, I think, really sort of refreshes you and mm-hmm. sort of makes you a bit more grounded I think mm-hmm. it sort of you know washes the day off um, and sort of battling the waves of the way to get out sometimes you just feel like you're physically being smashed you know mm-hmm. like you, you feel in court sometimes but you know there's that sort of surrender of actually just letting the wave wash over you you yeah. know and actually not, not trying to fight it and conserving your energy and then when you finally get out it's sort of that peace and tranquility um, and god it's hard to learn surfing Mm. I imagine. I mean, that's a that's, form of meditation. I've never, I've never got I've there. Said. Honestly, <laughs> it's like meditation. It really is. Because like, I actually learnt in the middle of a breakup. That's when I learnt to surf. I went to Bali with a mate um, and she hooked me up with a, a surf instructor who, who taught me how to do it. And trying to balance on it is was so hard like and falling off and getting back How, on was it something so foreign to oh just, it's to just it, it just it takes an incredible amount of like balance concentration and just that resilience to just keep mm. getting back up there and i think i was so focused on just trying to not fall off that i couldn't yeah. think about the breakup at the time yeah and it was the first time in like you know two months or whatever where for two hours straight i d- they didn't enter my mind. Mm. I was just so yeah. determined. And I walked out and I was like, holy crap. 
I didn't think about the breakup like once. I'd yeah. been ruminating on it all for like, you know, I was really upset. And then I was just like, that's it. I just need to take up surfing like full time. Nice. So I could just completely suppress <laughs> all my anything. emotions and never think about anything again. <laughs> you know, so I think that's great. And, and now I'm writing some new songs with a guitarist. And um, that's just so therapeutic, you know. Um, not that I really write songs that are about my work and then it'd be weird. <laughs> just the sex offender jangle or whatever or just you know like ding 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 um but you know probably more i used to write a lot about boys but you know that sort of requires like a social life <laughs> like a dating life like i'm kind of running out of material here where i'm just all like i should write a song about netflix really just like you know like i've traveled a lot in in life to the fridge and back you know like <laughs> Uh, that's 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 where I'm headed, really. That's my escapade, my outings. I'm just like, oh, we ran out of juice. Should well, we go to the shops. Shop. Ruth, you are, you've been an amazing guest, and it's you know it's affirming to hear someone like yourself who, you know, you're so talented and and, and representing children and loving what you do. It's it's really good to hear, dude. And thank you so much for yeah. spending yeah, your time on GKNF. I think we just hit the tip of the iceberg too of uh, a few of this stuff. So there's there's more out there. Oh so- yeah, I'm just looking forward to all of my next clients. Cause, you know. <laughs> Just, uh, I heard you on the podcast, miss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't believe you didn't like me or my rat's tail. It was a Jedi. So, like, yeah, no. Uh, I do. I love my clients. Mm. And I before do. we sign off, do you have, like, you know, from courtroom movies, you'd have a saying, have you ever dropped one in, in court? Oh, jeez. Where you've just slid it in there. No one picked it up, but, you know. Uh. You know, it's funny you should say that, actually, because um, my <laughs> some colleagues and I once were out drinking say it like it never happens um, <laughs> it's one time that we all tried alcohol for the first time um, that, you know we, we did we did talk about like the whole concept of how funny would it be if you had this like you know sort of like bet where you came up with this one weird word that you had to drop in in your in your submissions and like you know you had like three of your mates sitting at the bar table and the prosecutor was in on it too and you all just had to like use this word <laughs> You know, of like, I don't know, like a billiards table or like pineapple or like, um, they'd probably come up with much more like sexual loaded type words. So they were like, to use the word coitus in your, in your closings, you know? Um, and we never did it, but I just thought, man, that would be so funny if you just did this, where you just, your ears are pricking up by the magistrate's like, why is everyone mentioning this? Like, this is really weird. Like, We're out, billiard table, pineapple coitus, (laughs) (laughs) adjourned.